Welcome to episode number 318 of Category 5 Technology TV. It's Tuesday, October the 22nd, 2013. Nice to see you. It's nice to be seen at this age. Good to see you. How are we doing out there? All right. Should we tell them about our... No, we won't tell them about our technical... Uh, <laughs> Well, I'm going to tell you what's coming up in the newsroom right off the top here. Removal of scar tissue from the heart may help patients with pending heart failure. Uh, IsoHunt is shutting down and being hit with a $110 million fine. Ouch. And IBM is working on a computer architecture based loosely on the human brain, complete with blood. Blood. Microsoft has done it again. Their latest upgrade to fix their OS has, in fact, broken it. Stick around. These stories are coming up later in the show. Yes, and tonight we're going to be unboxing the brand new Roku 2 streaming media device. So uh, make sure you stick around. We're going to check out what is in the box. And we're going to learn how to secure our passwords, make them safer, using something called Entropy. Don't go away. It's going to be a great show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Eric Kidd. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. EcoAlkalines, we believe you should be able to trust your batteries not just here, but here, here, and here. But with one exception, you should also be able to trust your batteries here. EcoAlkalines are the world's first and only certified carbon-neutral battery manufactured to the highest standards of recycling and quality, without any trace amounts of harmful chemicals like mercury, lead, or cadmium. EcoAlkalines provide performance that rivals leading national alkaline battery brands at a comparable price. Find out more about the EcoAlkalines difference. EcoAlkalines.com Broadcasting since 2007, Category 5 Technology TV has grown year after year, faithfully bringing viewers hundreds of one-hour episodes focused on helping with their tech questions, assisting with the migration to Linux and other open-source alternatives, presenting new and interesting tech products, and providing insightful interviews and demonstrations. All this is provided free of charge. We are now in our seventh season, and it's time to improve the viewing experience, make the show look and sound great. We continue our focus on fun, educational broadcasting. Stand with us as we build a brand new studio for Category 5 Technology TV. Bringing Category 5 TV to the world with better visuals, full 1080p video, and a permanent sound-isolated studio. We have big dreams, and we want you to be a part of them. Please support Category 5 Technology TV. Visit cat5.tv slash studio to be a part of our crowdfunding campaign for a limited time. With contributor perks brought to you in part by Category 5 Technology TV. Back to nature compostable garbage bags. Eco-alkaline's environmentally responsible batteries. 
Free Play Human Powered Devices. NetTalk Duo 2 with free calls to the USA and Canada and no monthly phone bill. And the Android powered Rico Magic Mini PC. We thank you for your support. Please visit cat5.tv/slash studio today. This is Category 5 Technology TV. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson. And I'm your co-host, Eric Kidd. How's everybody doing? How are you? All right. Well, Category 5 is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. And the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. We also have our mobile website up. Get your device. Scan that code. It's m.cat5.tv. And that'll bring you over to our mobile website with live streaming video and audio, as well as on demand. But you always make me turn off my wireless when I come in here. But they're allowed to use okay, them at home. Okay, fine. It's a little less distracting like for the viewers at Double home. standards. Well, you know, there's something that would have done really, really well on our Nostalgic Gamer episode. But I thought, while it still exists, we really got to show you this thing. If you haven't seen it already, it's full screen Mario.com. And what it is, is oh simply... Oh, my goodness. Indeed. It is Mario Bros, the original. Oh, I'm doing good, aren't I? (laughs) You just got kicked off the wall. So this is actually an HTML5 remake of the original. To me, How much do you love that? It looks just like it. It's fantastic. Better kill it before we get sued for copyrights because the guy who built it did. Of course, he's getting oh. very, you know, people are hitting this site like crazy. And Nintendo noticed and said, hey, can't do that. <laughs> Looks just like the original. Has what the if sound it changes effects. the color and the shape of the faces? I have no idea. But right now, at this very moment, it is still available at fullscreenmario.com. And it's available for free download on GitHub because that's what he had intended to do. It's a proof of concept. It's an old game from 1985. You'd think that it would be abandoned where by now. But I guess the character still exists. and it's Yeah. Indeed. But it's going to be gone pretty soon, as soon as he gives in to Nintendo's pushing. The guy's name is Josh Goldberg. Did it uh, as a school, you know, just side project, hobby kind of thing. And did a very, very nice job. So if you're an old school Mario fan, then uh, go check it out. Well, yeah. we should say hi to some of our new registered viewers. Be a good idea. We Hello. Got... Kaha. <laughs> Or is that K-H-E-H? K-H-E-H. Or K? Yeah. <laughs> Jane Bia or Jane B. How about Paulo Sorrell? Thanks for joining us, and thanks for joining our community yeah. of viewers. www.category5.tv is where you need to go, and you can register right on our website. Of course, that makes you able to win some prizes from us and things like that, as well as participate more in the show. And we send out kind emails uh, just letting you know that the show is about to start. When the show is done, we send you the files by email. Not actually by email. You don't have to worry about checking it on your cell phone and getting a 600 meg file. But the links are there. The links. Freely available. Click here to download it. How great is that? That's great. No games. Come on. It's great. Say it. They're quiet tonight. We make it easy for you. Okay. Well, we should say thank you to our viewers who have uh, sent in some donations this week. Means so much. Uh, we've kicked off our first ever crowdfunding campaign, raising funds to build Studio D. We'll be taking uh, Category 5 Season 7 to the next level with astounding visual quality and a new set featuring chroma key, a.k.a. green screen. 
we played I love with that it. a little I'm, bit. We have played with it, and you know, there's there's a certain level where it becomes professional grade, what we call broadcast quality. That's what we're aiming for. Category five. Some people have said. I'm gonna wear my shirt with the green polka dots. Perfect. <laughs> Just put a bunch of space holes in you. Um, but Category 5 uh, has been around for a long time. We've been doing this. We're in our seventh season. and it's Episode people say 318, to me, folks. People say to me, well, the show's great. The content's great. The video's great. The sound's great. But the truth is, when you turn on an HD broadcast, there's a big difference as far as the visual quality. You look at the focus on my face. We're using consumer cameras, and that's what we've been able to do so far. Now, what we want to do is we want to take the show to the next level. We want to become broadcast quality, and that means we'll, in fact, be able to pitch this show to cable TV networks. We'll be able to get on, uh, hopefully, to cable TV so that people mm-hmm. sitting at home can actually turn, you know, flipping through the channels and find Category 5 technology TV. What's that bald nerd up to tonight? What's he up to? It's oh. a Tuesday night. Let's check it out. The thing about that, though, is it's it, the show content never changes. What's the show about? It's about your questions. It's about giving you great information, about giving you excellent tutorials and fun interviews. And at Christmas time, we had a music special. And we give away we, stuff. We, we did stray a little bit from the Well, that the time format. we did. Yeah, it we kind did. of fell on Christmas Day. But we do have a lot of fun here, and that's never going to change. And, and the, our focus is never going to change. What can change is the accessibility of the show. We do our best to make sure that we can get this show to you. We've been pushing it into mainland China because their firewall, you know, they have a government firewall that blocks YouTube and blip.tv. So there were problems getting in. So we actually decided to push a different route and we've got servers in mainland China that are actually hosting the show. So now people in mainland China can tune into the show. So that's one way that we're pushing to get our show out there more accessible. We want to get it into your living room. We want to be on Roku, which is, uh, you know, we're developing our channel right now as I speak. Not actually right now, but it is in development. So we're very, very excited about the things to come. But we need your help. $88,500 is what it takes. It's going to be, it's a journey, but we're going to do it together. I know we can do it. If everybody who's watching this show, if you can imagine this, this one broadcast sitting down at your computer, at your TV, at your Miro Internet TV, at your set-top box, whatever you're watching us on, even on your mobile device. If your every Blackberry. single person... Do, do they still work? If Sorry, sorry. He assured us they're still going to be in business. If every single person watching this right now, hearing my voice, gave just $2, we would surpass our $88,500 goal. That's amazing. So if you think that your $2, your $10, your $20 doesn't make a huge difference, it really, really does. So don't give till it feels good. Give till it hurts. <laughs> oh, no, that's not, not what, what I'm saying. <laughs> but I want you to know that everything helps. And we do have some great perks. We've got some amazing things that we're giving away. We've partnered with companies like EcoAlkalines, like FreePlay, Human Powered Devices, Bag to Nature. One of my favorite uh, people, uh, Nelson, who joins us from NetTalk, uh, great guy and a fantastic product, gives you free long distance calling. And that is available to you as a perk for donating to Category 5 through our campaign. Uh, so it's cat5.tv slash studio. Other things there, too. We've looked at the mini PC from Rico Magic. Yes. We're giving away some of those as well for people who contribute to the show. Uh, we've got their – they have the most amazing HTPC controllers with the built-in keyboard when you flip it over. Yeah. We're giving away two of those as well. So check out uh, that website. It's on Indiegogo, cat5.tv 
slash studio and please uh, do show your support we don't ask for it often uh, but this is a time where we really need you to to uh, help us out with this and, and we're going to do this as a community i believe we can do it so thank you to everyone who is showing your support thanks so much all right on with the show what now my friend cool i'm gonna have another drink that's a lot of talking it's a lot of vodka oh <laughs> sorry could you imagine <laughs> What a guy. What I don't guy. have to imagine. You've been working the gigs too much. That's what it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, How's it been going? You're I've obviously been... quite busy. This Now, for those of you who are just joining us um, who are not watching live, note if you're following along in the chat logs, we're about 12 minutes behind schedule tonight. So that doesn't really matter to you if you're on demand or watching on YouTube. It was only or... partly my fault. Partly. Yeah. But So what's going on? You're busy. You're doing a lot of gigs. I I'm see your name around town lots and of lights. Gigs. And... You know, and I've been playing... Some pretty neat gigs. Yes. In some afternoons. I've been playing really? in some retirement homes. That's cool. And they must just absolutely love that. You know that. what? I, I think I've uh, I've got a whole new uh, career. I've still got my evening gigs in, yeah. in pubs and, and places sure. like that. And yeah. I'm playing some uh, retirement homes. And oh, that's cool. What a fun bunch of folks. Yeah. So and do you do anything differently when you're oh, playing? Oh, I'm, I'm digging back into the... the you do oldies and stuff? doing a lot or? more oldies, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. You know, but... Uh, you know, when you get to be my age, some of the oldies aren't that... Uh, <laughs> That's a sad thing, eh? Don't seem that old I, anymore. I said to... There's a radio DJ in town that I used to work with, and he started saying about, we're going to do the retro show this weekend. Should we play this song? And I was like, I listened to that when I was 20. Yeah. Ouch, man. I know. And you're playing it on your retro show. Oh, uh, there comes a time I think we've passed over. <laughs> we've passed over. But no, it's fun. It's all good. good. Excellent. Good to hear. How are your passwords? Do you think that they're safe? Do you think your passwords are safe, Eric? Password one just doesn't do it anymore. Password. Password one. Password two. Various iterations of the word password as a password is probably a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, you can you can gussy it up a little bit, you know, yeah. with some uppercase and change some letters around to being numeric or specials. But That's been the uh, kind of the what we've been taught for for some time now mm. is you know uppercase lowercase alphanumeric minimum six characters and you should be good but then we start to learn but your dog's name or your birthday is always good right oh well sorry. it depends on who knows <laughs> and who's going to be sitting down and trying to crack your password yeah the fact is is that these days a lot of times it's not Joe Blow user who knows you. It's not me going into your place and trying to break into your computer. No. That's not the person that we're afraid of, if I can use that phrase for lack of a better term. The person that we're afraid of is the person who's trying to connect into our system remotely and break into it using brute force mechanisms, going through uh, and trying to figure out our password. So are those types of passwords the best? You would think so, because when we look at those passwords, we think, oh, that's impossible to guess. I can never actually guess that. Uh, but looking at it from, is entropic a word? Using entropy. Entropy is basically the, uh, the measurement of the randomness of data. The measurement well, of random. the unpredictability oh. okay. of data is probably a better way to say it. So how unpredictable is your password? So if it's the name of your dog, <clears throat> somebody who knows you, that password basically has no entropy because there's no 
randomness to it. There's no unpredictability to the password because you've got pictures of your dog all over your desk and your password is Rover with a zero instead of an O. It doesn't take me long to figure that out. Not that long. Uncertainty is something that entropy plays on. And if I take a coin, so I've got a a Canadian toonie, which is $2 here. I've got tails and I've got heads. So we can pretty much assume that if I flip it, okay, there's heads. And there's tails. It's basically a 50-50%. You know, it's 50-50. Entropy is one, or we've got a a one-bit chance that it could be either or. Okay. If I take a rare earth magnet and I stick it to one side of that, now, all of a sudden, this is not a symmetrical coin. This is not perfectly weighted on both sides. There's a variable here. Whoop, I dropped it, but it was heads. There's something about this magnet that says... Heads. Heads. It's a loaded coin, kids. There's something up with this. I've lowered the entropy of this coin by placing this magnet on on the coin. The chances are much higher now that I'm going to get heads than I am to get tails. I've changed the entropy. There are coins that magicians use or, you know, tricks that have two sides. Both sides are heads. Don't put that thing in your pocket with right? your uh, little uh, yes. flash card. Or, um, yeah. If you've seen one of those coins that has heads on both sides, there's absolutely no entropy because no matter what happens, no matter what I flip over, it's always going to be heads. So there's no chance that it could be a variant. There's no unpredictability to that coin. And we'll refer back to that. Let's say I've got a, a die, a single die, and I roll that die and I get a three, okay? So now I've got a one in six chance that if I guess a number, I'm going to get it right. So similarly, if I were to guess, if I knew that it was one to six, how many tries would it take for me to guess your number? Probably three. I would say one. Was it one that you rolled? Was it two? Was it three? It was three. So it took me three tries to guess your number, even though there was a chance. One in six. So with entropy, now I take that die again, and I roll it again, and I get a 2. So now my number is not 3. It's not 2. It's now 3, 2. So 32. So now I've got 6 times 6, because I've rolled it twice. So my, how many times I would have to guess in order to get it right would be 36. 6 times 6. I've rolled it twice. So 6 times 6. There's 6 numbers on a die. 36 uh, guesses is the most it's going to take for me to figure out that you got 32. Oh, That's okay. entropy. That's just how it's the predict- the predictability of randomness. So a computer that can guess these days, computers are very, very fast. Hackers tap into your GPU, your graphics card, which are extremely fast. They can compute 2.8 billion queries per second. So my 32, which has, you know, that only has, has 30, 36, 32 guesses, it's not going to take long for that no. application to figure it out. So let's look at our password. Okay. And I'm purposefully keeping away from the mathematics of entropy here. Um, it's a very, very complicated thing to figure out. And I'm trying to make it so that we can understand those, <laughs> pardon me, very, very simply. So... So if you can do that many calculations in that short a period of time. Yes. When I was working in a music store, I sold somebody a guitar case that had 
you know, a three-digit right. um, you know, eh? combination lock on it. And the guy said, right. I, I, I locked it, and I can't remember. I said, well, are you going to be watching TV tonight or right, so anything it goes like that? Zero to nine. Says, it's, right? it's only, you know, like there are a thousand possibilities you know, zero zero yeah. zero all the way up to nine nine nine, and yeah. how long is it going to take it? And he called and thanked the next day because it was like three hundred twenty-four or something, yeah. and it only took him like fifteen minutes or less. The, the wheel goes zero to nine, yeah, and there's three of them, so we know that it is. There are only ten options per wheel, so ten times ten times ten, a thousand, is actually the iteration of how many tries it would take to get to that point. Where you figured it out. So let's look at what we think of these days as a as a strong password, based on what some websites may recommend. And you know, when you're filling in, signing up for an account. So let's say we go with a lowercase character, an uppercase character. Let's say we throw in a number and an explanation mark. Oh, and my word processor wanted to capitalize everything. Okay, and a lowercase o and the number five. So that, to our eye, looks like something that is impossible to guess really, really tough to figure out. How hard is that for a computer system to figure out? So we look at the letter A and we say, okay, there are, what, 26 characters in the English alphabet? So we go 26 times, and then we've got the uppercase T. There are still 26 letters in the alphabet. There is the number three, and we know on the English keyboard that there are only 10 numbers, one through zero, so times 10, right? There are approximately 10... um, Characters like explanation points, at symbols, pound key, slashes, and those kinds of things. Um, or no, there are more no, than that. No, I'd say there's more than that. We've got so if I if I go all the way up, got count them up. Apostrophe. We've got quotes. We've got yeah. We've got 32 characters there, approximately. That are those kinds of characters because uh, I'm looking at apostrophes, semicolons, periods, brackets, all that kind of stuff. We've got another letter. 26 and we've got another number so we know that that is there are only 10 numbers available on our keyboard so that's the calculation to figure out how many guesses it's going to take in in order to get this and the the actual result of that equation if we were to put it through to a calculator is simply 56 million 243,200 56 million 243,200 guesses in order to guess that password. We think, okay, well, for somebody sitting down at my computer, that's nearly impossible. You'd be sitting there forever. For a computer that can calculate... the third time you get it wrong, it's locking you out for 20 minutes. (laughs) It could very well be, but not not really the case when it comes to remote desktop. Somebody trying to brute force their way into your remote desktop on a Windows PC, for example, there's nothing in place to stop them from continually trying to crack your password to log into your computer, access all your network files. Just one example. I'm sure about that. Just one example. Okay? Unless you had a firewall in place, CSF on a Linux machine may be able to block this kind of attack. But we're talking about somebody being able to attack in in such a brute force vector that they're not going to get locked out here. A computer processing at 2.8 billion, basically, tries per second, which is the average system these days with a good video card that is able to do that. It would take just fractions of a second to be able to guess that particular password. That's pretty scary. That's that's, that's meeting to today's. So <laughs> fractions of a second. I'm talking less than a couple of milliseconds to guess that password based on today's computing standards. Of course, the longer your password is, 
the longer it's going to take. But we can see from that that the whole uppercase, lowercase, alphanumeric explanation points and at symbols and everything is not really going to protect us from a brute force attack. It'll protect us from somebody sitting down at the computer and guessing a password because it's not Rufus or Rover, but it's not going to stop the hacker who is brute forcing. Interestingly enough, the very thing that we thought was a bad thing to do using words projector i'm looking over here backstage pass can see our video projector i've got a video projector and uh, i've got a fireplace in front of me so let's say that's our password just to keep the entropy (laughs) very simple i don't want to create such a long password for the sake of this demonstration because the mathematics will get insane something like this and the mathematician oh you'll be surprised that it's actually very safe if you're using words that are not as common of words. Because remember what I did with this coin? I took this magnet and I put it on here and I changed the entropy. So if I'm using words like dog, cat, horse, words that everybody uses, that those are the first ones that probably come to what mind. If, what if you turn them into one big word? Dog, cat, well, you're going to. Yeah, absolutely. But dog cat horse is like taking my coin and sticking a magnet on it and saying okay i'm going to decrease the entropy because i am going to increase the chances that it's these words that are very very commonly used you're better to open up a dictionary pick random pardon me random words completely random so as long as you pick words that are not going to be um you know have a low entropy then watch what happens here projector fireplace I'm going to go all lowercase because, of course, uh, with having a couple of uppercase characters, with changing the letter O to a zero, whatever, it doesn't really matter because a brute force attack is going to check. It's going to try every iteration, okay? It's going to try to figure out your password, not necessarily based on dictionary. So when when you think about dictionary attacks, so that's when they are trying projector, fireplace, projector, fireplace. That's not very common, but those could be thwarted by doing stuff like zero or three and one and explanation mark, right? With the capital P is fine. So that that could actually... So I remember that's projector fireplace with a little bit of elite and an explanation point. That will make it harder for a dictionary attack to occur because a dictionary attack is using the presumably the English language dictionary. What if you throw in a couple of words from maybe a French word and a, an Italian that's, word? That's good too. Because it, but it depends together. on what dictionary. Well, but if you throw them all in but together. as far as entropy goes, yeah, that's good. Because yeah. you think about, okay, in June of 2009, the English language reached one million words. Web 2.0 was the one millionth word. That's a word? That's two words if you ask me, but that was it's literally, it's literally the, the one millionth word. So we reached one million words in the English language. So we've gotten more since then but if we look at those stats and say okay well if we use projector fireplace and there's a dictionary attack our entropy is one trillion because two words one million is how many guesses it would take because there are one million words in the english language one million times one million because there's two words is one trillion so it would take one trillion tries in order for anyone to guess that password because there are two words in the english dictionary because as a dictionary attack, if you had a couple of weird characters in there, chances are pretty good that it's going to thwart. It's going to make it even harder for a dictionary attack to to get access to your password. But 
these days, a lot of times, it's a brute force attack. It's a lot of computers coming together to guess at your password character by character. That's where entropy comes in, and that's where we can really see the power of a password. So this password is... 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 characters. I want to be clear here. I'm using only 18 characters for mine. I might say projector, fireplace, monitor. That would be a better password than projector, fireplace. Sounds crazy, mm-hmm. but watch what we're going to do. I'm just keeping the math simple by using a shorter one. So we know that there are, what, uh, 26 characters in the English uh, alphabet. So 26 to the power of, and I don't know how to do a super on, uh, but we're going to do to the power of 18 because there's 18 characters. So we know that this is actually 26 to the power of 18, which is like saying 26 times 26 times 26 times uh, over and over again, 18 times, 26 to the power of 18. So we know that that is the, how many times Somebody would have to guess character by character in order to get my password right. So let's see what the mathematics on this actually look like, and that's why I'm keeping it fairly small. Linux has a great calculator. I've got the mode set to advanced. It gives me a wider screen. Um, This is pretty great. 26 to the power of uh, 18, I said. So that is how many guesses it would actually take for this hacker to figure out my password. That's a pile of guesses. It's simply projector fireplace. Because remember, this is a brute force attack. They're doing character by character guessing, going through the English alphabet, all lowercase. So we're presuming they know it's all lowercase, and I haven't put any uppercase. So if I put an uppercase, it would probably even, the entropy would even be higher. But we're just going to use this for the sake of the example. It's going to take that many guesses. So what is that exactly? We know that the computer, the modern computer, can guess 2.8 billion times per second. So that is how many tries uh, or how many seconds it would take for a modern computer in order to figure this out. So we say there are 60 seconds in a minute uh, or 60. I lost it Done that figure. Okay, let's do the math again real quick. (laughs) 26. Can't talk. I ran out of fingers. Can't talk and do fractions at the same time. Okay. There's how many, uh, how many guesses. We're going to go, okay, a computer can guess this many times per second. 2.8 billion. There's my result. Okay? So we've got 60 seconds in a minute. I don't think you had nine zeros there. 60 seconds in a minute. Don't throw <laughs> me. 60 minutes in an hour. 24 hours in a day. Okay? 365 days in a year. It's going to take, what is that, 334 million years, if I round up. If a computer with today's specifications were to guess my password, it would take at most, at absolute most, because remember, my die, when I threw it, I got three. So six would have been the highest. It would have taken six guesses at the absolute most. The law of averages says it's going to take half of that before they get it. So one two, three. It only took me three guesses to figure out my password was three based on that die roll. So in this case, we're saying 334 million years for a computer to guess my password. It would probably be realistically about half of that. So if I divide that in two, so we'll say 334 million divided by two, about 167 million years. Regardless, 
No computer, based on today's standards, is going to guess my password anytime quickly because entropy tells me that there is such randomness to the characters, not the words, because it's not a dictionary attack. It's a brute force attack. There is so much randomness to my characters that it will take 167 million years. Never going to happen. So then, you know, to, as I mentioned before, in order to prevent now from the dictionary attack, that's where we can say, okay, now let's strengthen things up with a little bit of that stuff that we've already learned previously. So now that we've figured out the entropy, we can do things like, okay, well, let's keep it projector fireplace, but let's make it a capital R. Let's make it a, a one instead of a I. And we've already done quite a bit to it. And then we can do at and star. Whatever. Just something a little bit random to make it even harder for that hacker to figure out. And then, after that, I can say monitor. And you see what I've done? (laughs) I've created a password that, unlike that crazy AT3 explanation mark 05 that's really, really hard to remember, it's pretty simple for me to remember projector fireplace at and star monitor pretty simple for me to remember that but extremely extremely difficult for a brute force attack to figure out your password so that's entropy passwords in kind of a really really quick non-technical i'm not getting into all the mathematical equations they get big and uh, they get confusing if you want to find out more i'm going to post some links to some excellent articles in the show notes for episode number 318 you can also get into google and just do password entropy and find out more Uh, There are some great tools out there. I recommend that you be very, very cautious when you're using tools to determine the entropy of your passwords, the strength of your passwords, because there's always the chance that those services could be logging your passwords. So they can be useful when testing things. So if I bring up, for example, let's bring one up for you. GNC has one. Um, I also, or GRC, I should say, I like how secure is my password.com. Now, no, it's not, it can't be .com. No, oh, it's .net. Sorry, folks. How secure is my password.net. So, again, they could be recording your password. I know that they're not, but I want to give you that warning, and they actually give that warning right here. Uh, they're using JavaScript, it's all client side, and so that's fine, but somebody could do that. So, what we're going to do is we're going to test the theory, not my actual real password. Instead, we're going to say, what did I say? Projector fireplace. And they came up with a number of 233 million years. So you can see that the mathematics that I gave are pretty close to what they're saying. Actually, you had 233 rounded up because it was 233. That's right. So they're not taking into account the law of averages. They didn't round it up. They didn't round it up, and they're not they're taking into down. account averages. Yeah. So I'm saying it's between 167 to 234 million years, which isn't going to happen. But you can see that entropy and understanding how hard it is for a computer to guess your password, because that's who's hacking your passwords now. It's a hacker. Hackers don't sit down and do this anymore. They don't have to. They build a program. It takes way less time. The program goes in and tries to figure out your password. And this is how they do it, and this is how you can protect yourself by using stronger passwords that are easier, incidentally, for you to remember. Yeah, I remember Perfect the scenario. old Unix servers when I first had my uh, email. Mm-hmm. You know, they gave me some pronounceable word that the computer had generated, you know. Yeah. And there were horrible words, but they were pronounceable. Mm-hmm. And 
And I remembered them. <laughs> Rick's Meln. There you go. That was my first password on there. Now you know. Yeah. Rick's Meln. Perfect. But, uh, yeah, I would do two or three words, good long words. Pick ones that are not the first words that come to your mind. Open up a dictionary, pick them randomly, and then memorize them. So there you have it, folks. Good luck. Get safe. Get secure. Change your passwords. Do it. Make sure you got different passwords on everything, too. Don't use the same passwords on any services. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. Ready to go. Well, here are the top stories from the Category 5 TV newsroom. Dot TV newsroom. A pioneering operation to improve the function of failing hearts while they're still beating has taken place in the UK for the first time. Patients with heart failure struggle to pump blood around the body and mild exercise can leave them breathless. One common cause of heart failure is when the arteries which nourish the organ become blocked, leading to a heart attack. Heart muscle dies and is replaced by hard scar tissue which Mm. does not beat. Over time, the scar tissue can stretch so chambers of the heart become larger, meaning the organ has more blood to force out with each heartbeat. Recently, surgeons used a form of cardiac sewing to remove scar tissue from the heart of a UK man and reduce the size of the heart so it pumps more efficiently. The operation took place at King's College Hospital in London and is being tested in a trial at hospitals across Europe. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. It's neat to see them realizing something um, that's uh, quite potentially going to save lives, Mm -hmm. or at the very least extend lives. And here we are, it's 2013, and, you know, this is old-style medicine, and they're not talking about pumping you full of drugs or doing no. this or that. It's That's cool. We'll have to see how the uh, how the study winds up, how the guy does. Well, we'll ask the fellow how he did. Yeah, get him on the show. <laughs> how do you do? How's your heart? How's the old ticker? That'll be what we say. Did you hear about IsoHunt? This is big news. Tell Big us. news indeed. Well, IsoHunt is a popular uh, BitTorrent sharing website. Mm-hmm. They don't actually you know, host illegal files or anything like that, but the users put content on their site. And the owner of the site has been ordered by, uh, by court settlement to shut the site down. So IsoHunt is going. This site's owner uh, is actually a Canadian, Gary Fung. And Gary has agreed to pay $110 million dollars. Uh, to the Motion Picture Association of America. MPAA Chairman Chris Dodd said that the move is a major step toward legitimate commerce online for the MPAA. Court documents have acknowledged that it's unlikely that Mr. Mr. Fung's company could pay the $110 million fine and that they should probably expect to receive between $2 and $4 million dollars. And there, wow. <laughs> there you have it. His service that he started up 10.2, 10.5 years ago is gone. Just like that. Boom. There you Handle. go. IBM has unveiled a prototype of a new brain-inspired computer powered by what it calls electronic blood. Oh. The firm says it's learning from nature by building computers fueled and cooled by a liquid like our minds. The human brain packs phenomenal computing power into a tiny space and uses only 20 watts of energy, an efficiency IBM is keen to match. Its new redox flow system pumps an electrolyte blood through a computer, carrying power in and taking heat out. 
IBM's Dr. Bruno Michel says, we want to fit a supercomputer inside a sugar cube. To do that, we need a paradigm shift in electronics. We need to be motivated by our brain. Their vision is that by 2060, one petaflop computer would, uh, that would fill half a football field today will fit on your desktop. No way. <laughs> Pardon me. Sorry, I've got this cough tonight. That's yes, wild. Yes, in fact, you do. You, you that, think that sounds so far-fetched, right? But then look at what we've got here. All right? Yeah. Think about 1985, the first cell phones, and what we were bringing out in a bag, I, and the cable that came from the bag, and it was like this. Well, I had a, and a now, brick and a phone and a And, and a now cable. I've got a computer yeah. that is literally more powerful than the computer that sent man to the moon. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. In my pocket. Wow. It's going to happen. They could do this. But I find it ominous. I'm just going to throw this out there. They're building a computer that is a brain, and it is labeled Nemesis. <laughs> just saying. A little ominous. Nemesis? Nemesis? Ominous? Nemesis. Ominous. Gets up your tongue and twister when you say it that way. All right. Windows 8.1 has been released. Are you excited about this? I'm. I am excited. Excited. Doesn't know what to say, folks. Before you get too excited about it. new computer. Before you get too excited about it. Hold up. We're going to remind you this is Microsoft Windows. Users shouldn't expect it to be too stable just out of the gate. And in fact... Soon after the update's global release, just this past Thursday, Microsoft started receiving reports that once it had been applied to their RT tablets and laptops, the gadgets had frozen during the boot process. Keep in mind, Windows RT, of course, is the version of Microsoft's operating system built in, uh, built to work on mobile devices, portable devices with the ARM chip. These are the very devices that Microsoft is trying to get you to buy so that they can make their way into the mobile market, which they're way, way behind on. So soon after the problems were reported, and only shortly after its very first release, Microsoft actually pulled RT 8.1 from its update site. Now today... Uh, Microsoft has replaced it back on the Microsoft Update site for Windows 8 users. Presumably, that means it's fixed. But the poor people who can't boot their laptops and they got to figure out how to fix this because they jumped the gun. It's a bit of a conundrum, isn't it? A bit of a conundrum, indeed. I don't know. Perhaps one of their versions. They all have cool names. You know, like, remember, it wasn't Windows 95 codename Chicago or something. And I can't remember uh, 95. Of course, Longhorn was Vista. Yeah. Uh, we had Redmond was XP, I believe. Okay, so Windows 9 will be called Conundrum. Conundrum? No, no I, I'm just <laughs> making that up, folks. Could be. Could be. <sighs> well, that that is something. Mm. All right. Well, you can get this full stories at category5.tv slash newsroom. This week, the category5.tv newsroom is researched by Roy W. Nash with contributions by our community of viewers. If you have a news story you think is worthy of on-air mention, email newsroom at category5.tv. For the category5.tv newsroom, I'm Eric Kidd. Thanks, Eric. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Find us online at www.category5.tv. I'm Robbie Ferguson. Nice to see you. Oh, what do I got? <laughs> oh, the Roku brand new two. Roku 2. Is it Roku or is it Rock You? 
That's the question. Come on. Come on. Okay. You liked it. Okay. So the new line from Roku, (laughs) these are the streaming media players, the new line features, okay, the Roku One. It's very, very confusing. So hear me out. Because they used to call them the Roku One, I don't know, XS and Roku Two X, whatever they were. The Roku Three. Now it's just Roku One, Roku Two, Roku Three. So Roku One is like the Roku 2, but the Roku 2 introduces something very, very cool, a headphone jack in your remote control. So you can sit on the couch, you can plug in the headphones and not disturb anyone, you can walk around the house listening to your TED Talks, Category 5 TV, whatever it is you've got playing on the Roku, and it's there. Roku's 1 and 2 connect to both AV composite or uh, HDMI 1080p. So this will work with an HDTV, or an old-style CRT TV. That's brilliant. Um, same with the Roku 1, okay? The Roku 3, however, introduces a processor that's about twice as fast. It's very, very zippy. Um, it's the best zippy. device. It is. The Roku 3 is the, the ultimate. Uh, if you're a Roku fan, if you want to get a nice set-top box, that's the way to go. Um, but it only supports HDMI output. It has no um, com- composite. Okay. So the Roku 2 is the best one you can get while still being able to use composite. Um, so if you've got a video projector you want to be able to hook it up to that doesn't have HDMI input, if you've got a TV, the Roku 2 is probably the way to go if you want the headphone jack or the Roku 1 if you don't care about the headphone jack. I thought it'd be cool because it'll replace an MP3 player in such a way I can put on some music on the Roku, walk around with my remote control. You'll never have to get your butt off the coach. Never. Never. Okay, so let's open this thing up because uh, YouTube is sorely lacking. Are you allowed to have sharp things? I am going to be careful. Uh, this is a brand new device. just came out on the 17th of October. So very possibly one of the first actual opening opening box here. Here we go. They, they sticky these things pretty good. There we go. And one more great big giant sticker. Come on. There we go. Tiny box. Big, big entertainment. That's a good promo. Yeah, just thought right. I'd share that. Come on, Roku. Are you sure you're allowed to have sharp thing? Here, let me hold on to the part right, Thanks, buddy. Oh, oh, look at this. Hi. Got, let's get started. We don't really care yeah. about the manual, do we? Look at that. We'll read it if we need it. Okay. Here's There's the remote. No, no drummer name manual. Don't get ahead of me here. I'm just... Here's the remote. Okay, beautiful. Nice and simple. We've got volume on the side, just like an MP3 player kind of thing. We've got just the simple buttons. Pardon me, the simple buttons to navigate, and we've got a 8-inch headphone jack on the side of the remote. That's kind of cool. I like that, that you can just listen from the comfort of a pair of headphones. Because it's 8-inch, it's not proprietary. You can use any pair of headphones you like. Okay. Okay, we've got AA battery, which incidentally I see are included in the box. So there we go. We're going to want. But you're going to want to go with the uh, Eco Alkalines. I was going to suggest get some Eco Alkalines, and uh, that's EcoAlkalines.com. There you go. There's the remote, the Roku Two. Here it is. That's pretty petite. They uh, they do not spare the sticky stuff. It's like they... Oh, my. No, I'm serious. They're just protecting it. Till They're just protecting it. It's like the tag on the mattress, you know, do not remove. Yeah. Until... 
But no, I'm serious. I just peeled it off, and there's more. And here's yet more. They're protecting every little angle oh, here. Even the bottom? They want it to be there pretty. Yeah, it is pretty. Okay, here we go. There we not go. A little bit behemoth more. of a dog of yours upstairs you gets go. a hold of it. It's not going to be so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it is, uh, it's slightly curved, and it has a bit of an indent here. It's got the number two on it because it's the Roku 2. So you couldn't put anything on top of it. Not sure yet because we haven't hooked it up how warm this thing is going to get. I, I do see, okay, it's very, very simple from the visible sides. Here's what you don't get to see on the web. There's the back of the device. So we've got HDMI plus real composite outputs. So we've got yellow, red, and white. So we're not talking about a proprietary interface that they're plugging in, and then you've got an adapter hanging off the back of the set. No, this is, this is the real deal, folks. So this will hook up to your RCA system. So the HDMI is full 1080p. This is going to be 480p, I would presume, uh, maybe 360. Uh, so it's a lower resolution. And we've got a power DC in as, as well. So what else have we got here? Okay, they have included a Roku-colored pair of purple earbuds. Is that in the dictionary, Roku-colored? Roku-colored. They are hyphenated? stereo earbuds, and they just feel like cheap little earbuds. No big deal. Uh, and then we've got an RCA cable. This is for your audio and video if you want to go composite. And we've got a or AC, composite. an AC adapter. There you go. And this is kind of nice. I know this is a silly thing, but the AC adapter actually says Roku on it. I don't really like how every adapter looks the same and you get lost. You know, and figure, when, when what they was get that muddled in, again? You, you move stuff from one room to the other and you throw a bunch of stuff in the box and then you think, Yeah, okay, well, what was that adapter for? for? Yes, I yeah. know. It's, I so you know, that. you feel me. I just went All through right. that. So there you go. So that's the Roku 2, folks. We're going to be plugging it in over the next couple of weeks. We're going to actually be giving you a full review with on-screen demonstrations, and we're going to be demonstrating the new Category 5 TV channel, which is coming soon to the new Roku devices. So check that out. Um, We're going to have links to all the products in the show notes for episode number 318. There you have it. We have time for a couple of viewer questions, and I'd love if we could uh, maybe bring up a couple. I've got your email up there for you. It never goes in quite the way it was. I no comment. <laughs> Don't worry, it's going straight on the TV. Well, let's read something here. Here's uh, one from our uh, our friend uh, Roy. Well, hey, Roy. Roy W. Nash. Okay. Hi, Robbie and crew. With all the concerns regarding social networking privacy, i.e. the NSA and GCHQ snooping on everyone. Before you continue, and I apologize for this, Roy, I also apologize to you. That is Eric's fault. Go ahead. You're looking. That was my fault. I had the wrong list up. So we're not going to do that, are we? We already did on episode 311. So, Roy, if you missed it. Episode 311. I missed it on 311. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I missed it. I should be paying <laughs> better attention. Okay. Go ahead. I was probably you playing hockey that night. Me. Sorry well, I didn't catch that. Uh, here's one from Shubhashish Roy. Hey, yeah. Okay, sir. Another Roy. I have gone through many of your YouTube uploads and very impressed with the presentation now i want to know that what is the price of wirecast software and how to get that in india 
Oh, sure. Is there any distributor or dealer in India? Please update. Further, do you prefer the Apple iOS system over Windows 7-based system for Wirecast? What should the best hardware system required uh, for at least three webcam input setup? The hardware should be able to be upgradable to SDI also. Please suggest. Waiting for your early reply. Best. Okay, leave that up because I'm going to have to refer back to that. When you said iOS... I thought iOS. He meant iOS. Um, we're talking about a Mac uh, okay. system. Um, okay. Wirecast, the software that we use for switching Category 5 technology All the TV. kids are talking about iOS 7. <laughs> iOS? That's I used to work with a, a, PHP, uh, a PHP project before Web 2.0 was popular called iOS, E-Y-E-O-S. So when iOS okay. came, it's kind of unfair to them. Eric, look at the camera and smile for me. We'll see if we can get a screenshot for you of Telestream Wirecast. And so that will be in the show notes for episode number 318. Now, what Wirecast does, it allows us to do all the camera transitions, allows us to have all of the cameras plugged into a single computer, and then we're able to broadcast the show. We record live to disk. It's fantastic stuff. And we can plug in as many cameras as the computer will be able to handle. So where can you get it? Cat5 dot tv slash wirecast i'm just working on getting that screenshot before i lose it there too okay there we go i've got it cat5 dot tv slash wirecast is going to take you to their site okay and please do use that link um, rather than googling it because it (coughs) pardon me it lets them know that uh, you found it through us you can buy it for 495 dollars and there is a professional version as well that comes with some extra stuff if you need it and you'll see that uh, the options are all there. There's Wirecast Pro, $995. It adds some extra stuff like IP cameras, live scoreboards if you're doing sports, 3D virtual sets if you're doing chroma key, and advanced audio controls as, <coughs> as well. So depending on what version you want, starts at $495. So you can order that um, directly off of their website. I believe you could do that even in India. I can tell you what that is uh, in your currency. Is that RAND or... No, it's not Rand in India, is it? Uh, USD in a rupee. Sorry. So 30,514 rupee. So um, that would be approximately the price to purchase. That sounds like a lot of rupees, but I've never actually. Sounds like rupees and, you know, it's a big exchange difference, right? So, okay. So next question, would I go with uh, Apple? or Windows 7, truth is, okay, so the advantage to Apple is that it's an appliance. It's a a piece of hardware that is built to be a really, really powerful, good quality machine. That's great. Sorry, can you hear me over all the wrestling over there? Sorry, I uh, (laughs) somehow knocked my mic off my ear. All right. So what I'm saying is, is that you pay a premium for the Apple hardware, because it's higher-end hardware than, say, the PC that you buy when you walk into a supercenter. But you can't compare those apples to... Huh, can I say apples? To, oh, oh. Apples can't to compare PCs. apples yeah. to PCs or oranges. Um, if you're going to spend three grand on an Apple computer, compare that to a PC that you will also spend three grand on. Because the common misconception is that Apple is better because they're so good. They're such good quality. Will you pay more? 
So if I were to pay more for my PC, is it equivalent in quality to the one that is the same price in Apple, you know, Apple's computer line? And I think you're going to find that, yeah, the PC is actually um, probably going to be on par in the price bracket. So then you get the operating system, Windows 7. It's pretty good, but it depends on what you want to do. Both are going to do well. I do find Wire, Wirecast brings out some features quicker on Windows 7 than they do on Mac. That's what I've seen, but I am primarily using it on Windows, so I don't really have that comparison. I prefer the ability to add non-proprietary hardware easily to a PC. I can buy as many Blackmagic cards and stick them in there. I can build the system if I want. I can build one that has enough PCI Express lanes to do everything. So it gives you a little more flexibility for the price. Whether one is better than the other for broadcasting, probably Apple has that advantage in that they are going to force you to have better hardware. PC, the, the disadvantage is you can end up with a 5400 RPM hard drive and then wonder why you can't record HD. Well, you can't. You have to put an SSD in there that's going to be writing at 500 megabits a second easy. So if you don't, you're going to have bottlenecks. So it's not about Apple versus PC. It's about what hardware specs do you buy. SDI, just make sure you put in a uh, Blackmagic card that supports SDI, like the DeckLink card, mm-hmm. something like that. A couple hundred bucks, we'll put one in, 400 500 bucks, puts one into a PCI Express slot. So we're pretty much... I'm sorry about my cough tonight, folks. It just kind of came on me. Happened when I walked Drinking in the room. Water. Yeah, <laughs> might be the clone or something. There. I love being able to blame it on you. Wow. That's all the time that we have for questions tonight, Eric, and thank you for sending them in. Uh, we will um, attend to your questions as, as, as you know, much as we possibly can. Tonight I really wanted to talk about the password uh, thing and, and make sure that you guys get all secured up. And talk so, about it we did. Indeed. That's why I'm saying so And Roku, Roku. Yes. Folks, I hope that you had a fantastic night tonight. Please, I do encourage you to check out cat5.tv slash studio. We're building the new studio, and uh, it's a very exciting project, but it's really important to the growth of our community as well as to the promotion of Linux to the masses. We want to get Linux out there. We want to get people to be able to sit down and tune into a show that is uh, you know, largely about Linux. We're usually talking about Linux, and if we're talking about Windows or Mac, it's usually something to do with, you know, we're, we're trying to protect the users by giving them some kind of security-related information. Um, so, you know, we're primarily a Linux show. I really want you, you know, stand by that if, you, uh, if that is something that means a lot to you. I think we've got a lot of potential to um, really push Linux and allow people to find Linux uh, more accessibly. I think that's uh, you know that's where we need to be at Category 5. So thank you, cat5.tv slash studio. Thank you to everyone for your support. Next week, Sasha Dermatis is going to be here. Oh, Sasha. I and guess Sasha it's going to be Captain Sasha Dermatis oh. as we endeavor to take flight on the Starship Enterprise as we demonstrate some of the technology that will be available to Category 5 Technology TV when we reach our goal at cat5.tv slash studio. That's right. We're going to be taking a look at a virtual studio on the Starship Enterprise. So that's next week. Well, Don't miss it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And please visit our crowdfunding campaign this week. Uh, send in any contribution of any amount. Cat5.tv slash studio. If everybody throws in two bucks. That's all it takes. Believe it or not. Goal. Believe it or not. That's all it takes. So 
However, you can do more. <laughs> if you can. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Have a fantastic week. So good to see you. I'm going to hang out in the chat room for a little bit. And next week, we are going to have a Google Plus Hangout live after the Whoa. show. So uh, don't miss that as well if you're on Google+. Plus. So see you. See you, buddy. See you Thanks later. Here. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.